Spoilers ahoy. Oh, I can hear myself and you so well. Hello, Gaffy. Hello. Hello. So we'll be discussing um, season one of Limetown a little bit, but more specifically focusing on the first two pieces that we've gotten from season two. Um, doodly. Yeah. So to give some background, um, I love Limetown. I've talked about it a whole bunch. It was what got me into audio dramas in a greater sense. Um, for the last, for all of October, on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I did a recap series on my site where I, you know, gave little recaps. I talked about what was in the episode. Um, I also broke it down a little bit and tried to analyze. Um and then leading up to the release of season two, I also received a review copy of the prequel novel, and I have read the entire thing. I'm going to do my best to not discuss that at all, except for in very broad strokes. Um, um, also, it must be said, I consumed all of season one in yeah. one go. So, like, Yeah, will you talk about your listening if, experience? Because I'm so curious. I will in a second. I just want to say, if you drop spoilers from the book, I might not notice. So just... <laughs> Like that's not a Fair. dig at Limetown. It's just like no, it's I just, consumed, that's just how I it consumed happens, a lot yeah. of information. <laughs> if you're just like, and they're all aliens, I'm like, well, of course. Yeah. <laughs> so, Gavin, I want to know. There's way about... too much of a hesitation there from you, so that's confirmed. Uh... <laughs> no, they're not. They're not. <laughs> anyway, um, I, I was hesitating because I was like, oh, what if? Oh, what if I've been blind? Oh no. Um, you were you were asking what my uh, my experience yeah. consuming it. Yes, so because we found out the last tuned in dialed up that you had not listened to Limetown and I was aghast because in my eyes it's so up your alley. So I want to know how you liked the first season before we jump into season two. So the first season, it's complicated because <laughs> overall I enjoyed it because okay. I was wrong about some things. But in a sense, because I was wrong about those things, I'm not as, like, excited for season two. Season two is fun, but, like, there's no, like, black tape, serial style, like, pen and paper, like, I'm fucking ready to go. Uh, in the <laughs> in the way that season one has all these red herring little, th the man we were there for, uh, like, all these Bro, little things not a fucking red herring no it's not a red herring in the sense that it, it is plot important but i mean red herring insofar as they want you taking fucking notes on that shit uh they want to you they that that is the kind of thing you want people like talking about on forums um but when and i went I, I in guess it should be noted that that was the experience for us no yeah who were listening it feels when like it came it. out yeah um i remember that whole the man they were all there for i had so many theories and i don't theorize i'm not like a theory person but limetown fucking got me too i See, that's still the thing. like <laughs> i've read the book i've done i've listened to all the things like several times over i still i still fucking think there's something up with the movie theater even though i know that there's not like <laughs> i'm still because well, they draw die on that's that the hill. thing though <laughs> we'll talk about this when we talk about season yeah. two um the thing about Limetown is, uh, since it's an audio drama, there's not it's not easy to just drop unimportant information. Yeah. So everything's important. Even the fucking my even the my uncle was at Limetown. Even in the first listen, I was like, so her uncle's important. Yeah. Cool. I mean, yeah. Uh, that's gonna yeah, be important. 
Yeah. Um, I think that it was interesting how he became They're chasing Lost. Like, remember how fucking consuming Lost was? Yes. I was not really a part of that craze and kind of distanced myself from it. Um, But I do remember that. I will say- Oh, no. That that show shat the bed so hard because they didn't expect it to be- (laughs) They didn't know it was going to be what it was- and then yeah. it, they didn't know it did, and then it do, and then here we are. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But getting back to Limetown, season one, yeah, very. Uh, my experience was I as soon as they said, and there's a, the helicopter news footage of ah, there's a fire, there's a, a pyre of some sort. I was like, oh, so ritualistic burnings, we're dealing with uh, some sort of mass hysteria. And then, like, if I had been taking physical notes, the word occult question mark would have been written down. Um, mm. And I was like, okay, so what's the, we're, we're, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a cynic. So I'm like, okay, so we're dealing with a, they're doing some sort of science shit. And then they unlocked a door to hell. It's always a door to hell. Uh, <laughs> and then when we start talking about Oscar, I'm like, oh, okay. So he went too far and now Satan's up in his head and he becomes <laughs> like, I was thinking like Oscar was like this Damn. fucking conduit between the other side or some shit uh, i you know i have before we got into the I'm, mind control stuff is what i'm yeah. saying i'm really glad it didn't go that route i think because um the black tapes was happening at around the same time yeah, yeah and i would have been so fucking bored if there were two shows doing that same shit um i was also i got i want to say and this is in no way an insult to the black tapes the biggest criticism i had of black tapes is the ad breaks because oh, they and were now so they're totally here and we will and we will touch <laughs> on that when we talk about season two yeah. in a bit but season one um number one the ad breaks are those real or fake because uh, i didn't are... recognize any of them no they're totally real but they were added in um recently After. those did not exist when it i was will first say released. i will say the note from the creator on the final episode that that's really jarring but the ads were for something so goddamn boring. I thought it was a parody of <laughs> NPR ads. And I mean that in like the least snarky way. I don't even fucking remember the name of the I company. But it was like so generic. Oh, there's one for a university. And I'm like, ooh, this university is going to come into play in the plot. Like, I it was such a. Bl- I- it's an episode that. two right now. As of the recording of this, it's on episode two. It's for like some online university. Uh, it could be localized though. It, it could also be localized, you know? um, but the but I was like, oh, so there's going to be like this university's in canon or some shit. Uh, no. Yeah, no, I was having more fun than there actually was fun to be had. Apparently, yeah. The thing Wait, that okay, so so the bla- thing the black town, tapes though. did wrong was oh. there was the the editing of like they did it like television, so it'd be like big revelation. <laughs> Squarespace allows you yes. to build a website. Yes. Um, black tape season one didn't do that and i was like yes this is it's like they it's like they were learning right. from black tapes as it was going they might have been um also i want to ask what was your what was your favorite episode and who was your who was your favorite limetown survivor my okay it's a it's hard because like while I we know. were getting while we were getting ready for this i was reading through your uh very oh. very good cheat sheets for this episode. Oh. You, you basically you basically just wrote cheat sheets for me. Um, yeah, I mean that's that's kind of what I was trying to give to everybody because I know that it you know it came out so long ago. I I really enjoyed as a package Napoleon 
as an episode. Oh, it's so and, good. And by extension, making the Reverend my favorite character, except yeah. the writing of DDoS is just it's... fucking the best part of the show. And right? I... It's my favorite. It's one of my favorite episodes of anything ever written it's it's one of my favorite pieces of media i've ever experienced i when people love it. uh when people talk about there's all these goddamn thing pieces about our video games art or like bioshock infinite yeah. is, is the moment video games became art no it's not uh <laughs> they that's I, hilarious given bioshock the first bioshock was the first video game to ever be funded on an art grant but okay. yeah uh, oh shit! Uh, thanks, phone. <laughs> but still, the point being, oh goddamn, yes. DDoS. It's so good. Tran, it, it's so good. it transcends television as an art form of telling a thriller story, effectively. Because I, in my head, and I think a lot of people, yourself included, have a mental image of exactly what's happening at that yes. last second. Uh, yeah, can we can don't we talk try about to run. the imagery in Limetown? Because like, so I've talked to a lot of people about Limetown because I I never fucking shut up about it. Yeah. Um. And the first the first I time have... I met you on Twitter, your tw- your pin tweet was about hearing that Limetown season two is going to be a thing. <laughs> Forgot about that. Oh yeah. my god. That was the first place yeah. I learned about it. Yeah. Um. One thing I have noticed from talking to a lot of people about Limetown is everyone talks about oh yeah i'll never get that image out of my head of this specific scene or like yeah "Yeah, i you know i always pictured this and well the fucking guy at the door right yeah yeah like it just it's such a visual thing for having zero visuals like for a long time we didn't even have you know like the houses that you get on the the cover of the novel or we didn't have a picture of of the pins um but it was still like everyone had such a strong sense of imagery and i think that's just amazing they did such a good job it's so i fucking love i know what the news footage (laughs) looks like i know what the news footage looks like yeah yeah Um, the fucking i mean the um yeah, I, I, I the other thing that throws me off here is Napoleon is such a good fucking package. It's I I, I can't stress enough that Napoleon is a very good fucking episode. But I have a I have a soft spot for assholes who know a lot, and they know me they're too. they know they're yeah. an a, they know they're an asshole. But it's like it's their nature, so they just do it anyway. Uh, and also like like Max is unapologetically. Have- house like he's unapologetically yeah. sherlock and that's fine but he's also as tender as house is yeah in house's most tender moments the fucking piano such fragility like uh he ah, knows he's so going good. to die like that's the that's yeah. the, that's the twist of that episode is he acts like he's going to live for leah but everything yeah. he does signals he's going to die and that's yes. from that's from a narrative standpoint obviously like as soon as yes. he's like these speakers are to play a tone that will freak out anyone with the implant. You're like, okay, so she's going to get a call and you're going to hear the Yeah, yeah, of course. God, that was Gavin, haunting. do you, right? Do you think he died or do you think he got away? Because we oh, don't know. I don't hold truck with that shit in audio drama. <laughs> like, here's the thing. 
I don't. Okay, so the the writers of Venture Brothers joke about if a character doesn't explicitly die on screen, they're not dead. Mm-hmm. That and that's yeah. a joke about like pop culture. Uh, yeah. I I I'm done with fucking around with that shit. There's too much to do in my day. <laughs> hey, guess what? The narrative thing, the beautiful narrative thing about Max is he was an info dump on legs. He has nothing left to give, <laughs> and that's fine. It was beautiful. I don't know. It's like saying the Reverend's we'll not see. dead. Weak. Like Napoleon yeah. was behind it all. That's it, like that's not <laughs> that's not as narratively fulfilling. Do you think is the is the fucking door guy coming back? Are we are we holding on to that one? I can't say anything on the subject. Oh boy. Okay, so uh, that's the one thing. Door guy. And you've meant you mentioned something about that when I I asked you a question that we'll talk about when we talk about season two here in a minute. Yes. Is Limetown does Limetown want to be a horror show? Yeah, let's dive into that a little bit. Let's talk about genre. And, and that's not a negative Limetown. thing. I want to say that right. No, not bat. at all. That's not a dig. Yeah. Earlier today, actually, I was talking to a friend about Limetown. Um, I mentioned that I was recording. They asked me about what, and um. They asked me what genre Limetown is, and I said, because they said, oh, I heard it's it's horror. Yeah. And I said, well, it's kind of horror. It's kind of sci-fi. It's kind of a thriller. And it's kind of none of those things and all of them. Yeah. How would you define, and let's talk about season one first and yeah. then our feelings about season two. So how would you define season one of Limetown in as much as genre goes? <coughs> in, I fully admit that. Oh, the by the t- way, real quick. Hold up first. Oh, yeah. How are you feeling? Are you feeling? Oh, I'm okay? feeling fine. I'm at that stage. Oh, where good. I'm at that stage where I'm done, but like my sinuses and shit are still like, what oh, happened? Yeah. So I sound sick. <laughs> Yeah, how's Jordan doing? Jordan's doing fine. She is off at a remote location right now. She's getting better. Uh, That's good. I saw been, she got herself Panera today. I'm very happy. She for she her. got a she Even got it's a scam. She got is very much a scam. She got sixteen dollars worth of Panera for herself, which means she yeah, probably fucking got, sounds like Panera. She, she probably got a drink. Um, <laughs> so the. <sighs> The term thriller, as a movie critic, I find the term thriller annoying because it doesn't really mean anything. It's almost as bad as action-adventure. Yeah, really, it just yes. means... Really, it means drama, but we want to make you buy the movie if you like action movies. That's kind of what it means. <laughs> uh, but if I had to, I would say Limetown is a mystery show. But again, therein lies the fucking problem because if I say Limetown's a mystery show, that means it's like... Uh, well, I mean, I guess you could say it's like black tapes, but then that's that's really horror. But then you could say it's like, right? Fucking um, not Return Home. Return Home's a good show. Uh, 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 fuck. Uh, six sixty on the radio dial. King Falls. Uh, oh yeah. You could say it's like King Falls AM. That's not really yeah. right. Uh, it's it feels like a thriller TV show, insofar as there's mystery components to it. There's this constant pace there's there's this building pace to this mystery that you don't get in like fuck around sitcoms or horror yeah. shows that are just there to spoop you or i would say dramas and how we think about them like this yeah. isn't some friday night lights or, this is, yeah there's no like uh, there's no two characters talking to each other in a room 
boring hey, shit. Excuse me, Gavin. That is literally the whole first season. No, what, I, what, I'm, what I'm saying is like it's not some walking. It's not like those scenes in no, The Walking Dead where no, they ran just, out of money. It's just funny because that's exactly. Oh no, no it's totally that. That's podcasting. That's what we're doing. That's true. Yeah, it's not. Um, it's like it's the, it's a drama in the sense that like Breaking Bad is a drama, I guess. Yeah, it has it kinda, the same sort of like momentum. It's the it's the podcasting equivalent of literary fiction, capital L, capital F, where you basically just have to be like, hey, listen, man, shit happens, but it's really good, so just stick with it. Yeah, very true. Which is funny because that's also how I would classify and how a lot of Vonnegut's work is classified. Yep. And there are Vonnegut references fucking everywhere, which my, I was all about. My boy Vonnegut. Let's see, I've got five, five Vonnegut books, books within reach right now. Right. Ooh, what's your favorite, Gavin? I haven't finished a single fucking one of them because I'm a piece Gavin! of trash. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. So, so do I, we, uh, what do we, is there any meat left? I mean, there's hours of discussion uh, about season one, but like. There are, but we should move on. And I I want to talk about, because I think that you're right. You You brought up to me that season two wants to be horror. And I think that so far, and and this is a spoilers ahoy for the first episode. Yes. And and the second thing that just got uploaded. Yes. Oh, the second thing I cannot talk about much. Uh, <laughs> I do I, I say, do want to walk back what I said. My well, I I do want to walk back that horror comment a bit once you once you say your piece here. I, I think it's fair, but okay. So to give some context on why I can't talk much about the thing that was released uh, today, I think um, the novel, and I I can say this because it's been discussed and it's broad strokes. The novel is alternating chapters from the perspective of Emile Haddock and Leah Haddock. All right. With that being said, Leah's mother, Allison, is very important. But Um, but if it's a prequel novel, how can Leah be a character in it, Will? How can you... All of it's a spoiler. (laughs) Everything's spoiler. Honestly, all of it is a spoiler, though. She's like... So it starts out... It starts out... There are two timelines. I mean, there's one timeline, but it takes place different times. (laughs) Oh, my God. Like, you know what I mean? So it's... So Leah and Emile when the novel starts, yeah. are both in high school. Not together. No, of course. Obviously. This is not an, right, no, I was like, I was about to make an AU that's... joke. So this is a Limetown <laughs> coffee shop AU. Uh, uh, Daniel no, so... is working the frother. Uh, he's really good at... <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, you, I, you... I ever tell you why I don't go to the back storage room? <laughs> no no so so i can't say much about the second thing that was released because it's so intertwined it's like yeah like <laughs> extremely but i i will say that it gives me a lot of excitement not just for the second season but also retroactively for the book cool which i think is very interesting All right. but let's talk about this first episode so i would I know that you want to walk back that statement a little bit, but I would actually agree that it does want to be horror in some way. It's more um, hardcore. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Fuck. But after listening to season two's premiere, London, um, again today, 
I think what my brain was trying to say when I made that comment about it being horror is they just chomped Archive 81's flavor and then uh like and that's kind of, that's cool like that the end of season 1 is basically them like the fucking box of tapes that's that's the writers basically setting up the end of Back to the Future 1 where they're like hey we can do whatever yeah. the fuck we want um yeah. so now we're basically toying with the archive 81 aspect of here's all these tapes from the panic and other we can have we can have diegetic audio of anything anywhere in the Limetown conspiracy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that. I, I think it was a really clever move, actually. It was. I, like, um, I, but I think because I have been into Archive 81 lately, that's what triggered my brain going, oh, spooky right. shit happens, plus the tapes. This is arch- This is horror. See, and that's so funny because my brain, when it wasn't the first episode, the first thing I thought was... It's the Amelia Projects, the gritty <laughs> reboot. <laughs> like, that, was, that was the forefront in my mind. Beautiful. Um, which, again, is like a compliment. You know, like that's a fucking good show. Mm-hmm. Um, how, so yeah, how did you feel about this start to season two? How do you, how do you think that it feels as a part of Limetown, the ongoing show? As part of Line Town, the ongoing show, it was fun. As a piece of media, I consume it that wants me to consume each episode the second it comes out. I don't give a shit. Like it's well produced. It's one of the best produced, like from it's a beautiful. sound design. Yeah. Like it's mm-hmm. really and the writing's still fantastic. I mean, goddamn, yes. like they don't even have sound effects with a boat and except for the footsteps, and it's so good. Yeah. But there's no there uh, they have the one thing I feel like Limetown is not really delivering for me right now is meat on the bone for the mystery side of it cuz like everyone's so nonchalant about the survivors at this point that I don't care like did you think there, that Limetown was the only oh. one when she says do you think Limetown was the only one I'm like hey and then like cool so obviously the government the government whatever secret scary whatever kept doing the mind like the 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 the, the telepathic communication experiments duh but like yeah duh what's the mystery then because i really don't care about leah haddock quite frankly wow i I was like oh she died she get like that's the thing like that that the dna of the horror means you know too if you get too curious you get fucked up like that's how scary stories work so some of that horror DNA I was still thinking about when there she when the uh, the fucking cyanide pill happens and they bust into the room, I was like, oh, so that's the end of Leah, and season two of Limetown is gonna be about other stuff relating to Limetown. But now as no, it, I totally disagree. That's so interesting. Like it, I will say, cool angle. I do like this like ticking t- clock thing. And Charlie yes. is such a cool character that I'm into it. But as far as like writing notes and going on fan forums and freaking out about each little detail that comes out, I just want to read the book. Really, that's really my motivating factor is just to know more. But it's not. There's no mystery. It's more just like I want to learn more about this world. It's like reading Star Wars expanded universe books. Like I don't need to, but I'm gonna do it. See, yeah, this is very interesting. So. I have always felt like 
Leah is more important to Limetown in some way than we know. Um, and this is I where still... me being a giant cynic comes in. I trust them too much. I I think that they have greater plans. I could be wrong. Oh, no, they, they definitely have greater that, like, plans, but I'm a giant cynic insofar as, like, my favorite line in The Last Jedi is spoilers, but you're listening to fucking spoilers, ahoy, and it's the most hated movie <laughs> of all time, according to Russia. The Oh, wow. When Kylo says to Rey, they were dirt farmers. Like, like he just says, they're like, her parents are fucking nobody, because mm-hmm. I abhor characters who are important because of their birth line if only because it's lazy storytelling in my opinion after every fucking movie ever (laughs) how do you feel about instead of birth line specifically genetic see that's the thing because like i don't know maybe if leah had been more vocal about her uncle or there was some sign that leah had some latent ability that would make me that would have been the carrot to make me be like oh shit like she's like she's tied to this in some way but in my head she's just like journalist who got too close and then some some fucking black ops kills her Uh, and then it starts seeping into my head like oh emile's her uncle and he's the he's the man we're all here for uh so obviously because plot reasons season two is about emile and her which we mm-hmm. got to touch on a meal a little bit. I know we, we don't want to talk much about. I do. Uh, I, yeah. So I, I can say, I think I can say this. The novel neither <laughs> upholds or disputes my idea that Leah is herself more important to Limetown. Yeah. I believe this to be true. And I don't think it's just because of the the lineage i think that 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 could be the case i don't i think that there's still more there and i really love leah haddock as a character she's Um, a really good character like i I don't want to dismiss her or yeah like this is not me sitting here with my with my beard and my whiteness going she's a mary sue but like that like she's I mean, she's anything but she's no, awful exactly. at everything yeah no uh <laughs> she's, she's a really she's cool character journalist me not me not being super thrilled about she's related to emil is not me saying she's a bad character or bad writing it's just like eh, like whenever you start talking about that i start flashing to you're a skywalker and like then that that yeah, fucking falls yeah, apart sure. yeah i will say <coughs> I, I i am with you so far on this episode and not being incredibly invested i'm invested in where leah is and the i don't know if i'm terribly <laughs> yeah and i'll live i'll live in the sound of limetown forever um i do like charlie i think she's interesting <laughs> she treads the same notes a little bit too much for me for lenore yeah um and i know that that's that's partially by design but i I would like her to be a little bit more distinct from lenore and uh the guy the guy with the hat the heavy accent i don't remember the character's name right now oh um the guy Um, that she's helping so you're talking about the dude who's playing the tapes to charlie right yes oh we're we're talking about um vocal fry mcgee um yes so i can say i i don't know what it is about the interrogator his performance 
rubs me the wrong way. It. He sounds I, like. Also, I will say, I have this problem with the white vault as well. Oh, which one? The the main guy. Uh, well. It's just. Are we it, talking about like, Hunter, dude? Know, we... Or the, the the gravelly the main dude in the white vault. Well, there's oh oh yeah, the, oh oh yeah. yeah, fucking protagonist McGee, the um yeah, I this professor dude, yes. I think he finds the teeth box, he opens the teeth box. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I thought you were coming for bears don't have fucking thumbs, Keith. Like I, I thought you were coming for that guy, and he's my favorite. I see. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if I got that far into it. Um, there's I know the gruff, what scene you're talking about. There's the gruff like, Russian guy. The one who has the the stereotypical. No, no, no. Yeah. I'm a guy and I have the voice. You know, I don't know. I don't know what it is about this voice, and maybe this is just like a personal preference thing. I it just sounds so much like a performance to me. And one thing I love about Limetown up until this point is that. Limetown is very scripted. Oh, yeah. The writing is manicured and it is meticulous. Um, But what is amazing is that the performances are so fucking authentic Mm -hmm. that it sounds like that's how people talk. Even though when you if you were to read the script, you'd look and be like, who the fuck speaks like this? You know, but like the performances are just so good. And this this performance and i i I think this is just a a preference thing it kind of breaks that for me which there's actually a moment in i'm really disappointed by there's a moment in london that does that for me too and it's it's uh, it's lenore really yeah the um uh when daniel is saying let's save the assets or let's make the people with the tech an asset and keep them alive uh and she's she she's saying your ass is grass if it fucks up, um, but the way that she does it, she says in in the span of like twenty words, she says what she could say in five, and it's like the mass grave that I throw their corpses in, your unrecognizable oh, body yeah. <laughs> will be the first one in, and it's like she says it in such a fucking long-winded way that is not threatening spooky or commanding if anything it makes her sound like she has less command of this call um it, it is funny that the uh white uh uh uh, uh ba- plain bagel with cream cheese please mcgee in the background who's like shit well, no, i don't know <laughs> uh like that guy yeah that was funny but <laughs> that was funny the yeah. line was bloated and her delivery just kind of felt like she's supposed to be the evil bad guy character which means she's worse than oddly massive, but not. I will say this: Daniel doesn't have a fat guy voice, and I was I was waiting for a fat guy voice. I was waiting for a real fat guy voice. I was really waiting for it. <laughs> also, while we're talking about Lenore, on a scale of one to ten. How ashamed should I be of how attracted I am to her? <laughs> oh no, that fuck the the. <laughs> the efficiency at which the last episode of season one goes down is just fucking like oh so good oh so good also um, it, it really cements how dumb leah is about some things where she's oh, like what's the kitchen timer for i was cooking I a baking bread i was baking for fuck you <laughs> leah <laughs> Oh, I accept that yeah i accept that as an actual excuse <laughs> 
What do you do with that kitchen timer? Oh, yeah. Ending the episode. That's what she's doing. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I love about the novel is that it does explain these things about Leah a little bit in a way that I thought was really interesting. Um, yes. Um, but I will say that while while I'm a little bit shaky on just that one specific performance for me, yeah. Um, I was also a little bit shaky about some of the performances in the first episode of the first season of Lime it, Town. That's, that's just what happens. The first, exactly. Um, I I have I, all the faith in the world that this season is going to continue to be beautiful and really exciting. Um, oh, wow. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I just looked at a fucking theory and, on Reddit. What is it? I have no solid evidence of this, but I think the guy talking to Charlie could be a meal. Would Charlie know what a meal looks like? The only yes, yeah, she would. The only thing I have to go on is yeah. the one line. I need what? this to be top of mind for you. That sounds cor- cor- correlative to line my lime reading, mind reading, and the phrase "top of mind" is odd. I've heard it before myself. Whatever, dude. Uh, not fresh no, or not on mind uh, or forefront of mind, <laughs> top of mind. And Emil would be certainly eager to find Leah. It's not how this works, dude. That's not. I mean, uh, I. Yeah. Props for your creativity, but that's not what's happening. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, anyway, so my I think I have a reason for why uh, Voicey McVoice McGee is the way he is. Um, I, mm. I think it's also. The reason why Charlie is such just a boom main character right out the gate. And I think the mm-hmm. answer to that is Limetown, the TV show. Uh, and not in a, again, mm. not necessarily a dig for me. It's going to sound like it. But I think since it's been sold the series, much in the same way George R. R. Martin probably is writing the final Game of Thrones book a little differently now that the show exists. I think they're thinking about characters who look good on screen because uh, interrogator dude has um, he has a real madman FBI agent suit with sunglasses on indoors kind of thing going on. Yeah. Um, Okay, I can see that. So they're trying like uh, and goddamn, I feel the the uh, my my heart go. Please donate to my GoFundMe for the voice actor for Gene because his stomach must be pretty upset with all that fucking scenery he was chewing. Like, <laughs> like I, I saw the, the, the uh, hang on, um, <laughs> helicopter pilot. I have to make this joke. It's, I know this is somewhat because he's English, but, um, he just, I could, I just saw Bruce Spence playing this motherfucker. Like just a, I'm looking him up. uh, Bruce Spence was that one alien that no one cared about in Revenge of the Sith. Um, He was. I have never seen this man in my life. You have. He's just. He's always covered in makeup or something. But he's got that like that. Oh, oh, he's this guy. Yeah. See. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I had this like Bruce Spence losing his shit in a Chinese restaurant. Um. Like. I could just like the, the scenes are as impactive in season two, uh, but they also have this feeling of like they want a fast paced spy show kind of thing going on. Yeah, that could be because they're yeah. also writing the TV show and thinking about that. Now, it could also be just me being an asshole. Either way, let's talk about Charlie. Let's talk about Charlie. What's on that like tape? <laughs> what's on the tape that the, the the second conversation tape like because i'm not hearing uh, anything 
I'm pretty sure she was just playing a tone and they were in absolute agony. In the tape or because Charlie does not like listening to this tape. I think that she doesn't like listening to. uh, So I, I could be. Because we know that Charlie is not of Limetown. She doesn't dream. Right. She is a cold-hearted killer. She is... Oh, God. The sh- okay. The she doesn't dream. I guess you do dream. It's... That's an important way of phrasing that. I'm, I'm, I'm sure... Don't forget the fact that she said she doesn't dream. I'm sure it ends up being important from a Limetown perspective. For me, as someone who has not read the novel yet, I took that to be in the same way that there are people who don't dream in real life. They're called sociopaths. Uh, their brain... Uh, this is not... I'm not painting everyone who doesn't dream with a broad brush here, but from a writer's perspective, if you... Characters who don't dream, their brain doesn't get to, like, empty itself at the end of the day. So that can sometimes be shorthand for they're not really normal and let's but also let's not go down the path of sociopaths i've been you've been i've been brought down you've been shame dawson that is so hard yes okay i don't want to talk about it i'm not proud (laughs) anyway (laughs) Uh, all right kids get your english degrees so that you'll become obsessed with sociopaths (laughs) for two years jesus christ um so so so, yes, I think that on the tape, the reason that she doesn't like listening to it is because she knows the kind of crazy torture that she she put these people through. Um, and I think that she was playing a tone that was, I think that, she, honestly, I think that she was playing the tone that they all felt when Oscar Totem died. <laughs> I'm, I'm fairly convinced. This is unrelated. Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> oh Jesus, Jordan. Um while you were talking, I noticed there's a piece of paper on my desk. Uh this is some Limetown shit right here. It was a folded piece of paper, so I opened it up. Um she works in copy and print. Uh <laughs> without somehow without me noticing, she printed out, brought home, and hid on my desk a piece of paper that when unfolded is blood font in red ink that just says the word yeet <laughs> why is jordan so good <laughs> okay so the oscar That's very good. thank you jordan so the oscar totem thing um this ties into let's go let's go over to reddit conspiracy corner because uh, I have one that's mm-hmm, relevant to mm-hmm. that. One of the conspiracies mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is this guy on. He thinks he hears on the tape. Um, control F. Control F. Oh wait, not the chart. Charlie is Sylvia. That's not it. Uh, so I heard on the second Daniel tape. So, hold up. Did somebody just say that Charlie is Sylvia? Yeah. Uh, Twain's Folly says, yeah. so I heard in the second no, Daniel tape, right. quote, <laughs> they're burning. The children are dead. Why can I still hear them? Question mark, exclamation mark. I think this means the tech allows you to hear those who aren't physically alive anymore. Question mark. Also theory. I have Charlie oh, Sylvia. No. I don't. I think that wasn't the Charlie is Sylvia thing refuted by the second thing that came out. I think so, yeah. Because because Allison is telling Charlie about Sylvia. The second is, the only way Sylvia would be safe is if she kept her enemies close like this. It seems like that's what Lenore would teach her. How much fucking time, like, this is, these these theories are playing with the idea that, like, Limetown season one and season two are, like, 
10 years apart. Like 10 years apart. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, if, if we're if we're guessing that this is just after season one, which the first episode suggests, Sylvia is currently 17 years old. She was seven when she escaped from Limetown. It's been 10 years. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, it's, she's anyway. 17. Done and done. But yeah, um, I do like what that guy says. It says he heard on the, the tape. Uh, I haven't like put it into audacity and tried to do any weird shit to it. I just don't. I, I it's it, it rubs me weird because I listen to the thing that we're not going to talk a lot about because of the novel. Um, and in that mm-hmm. one, Charlie is listening to weird like fucking uh, FBI or CIA torture tapes, and she's joking about it being her music. That's true. So we have so we have like this hardcore character who's like, I don't dream and I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid of anything. Uh, oh, wait, let me do the scared woman trope real quick. Please just leave the lights on. Yeah. So I, I do have one more theory. Oh. So we know that Charlie, at least we, to my knowledge, we know that Charlie is not of Limetown. But we do know that there are other Lime Towns. I think the reason she doesn't like it that... is either remorse, like I said, or because she has the tech now. Oh. I thought you were going to say... I think that... I thought you were about to say it's a mislabeled tape not from Lime Town, and she was a part of that one. I mean, there could be that. I think that season two takes place in another Limetown. Ah. I'm fairly convinced. Gotcha. Yeah. Um. There are reasons I feel this way, but I, I would say that even with just the fact that she doesn't want to hear it, and, and I believe she is playing the tone <laughs> of when Oscar Totem died or something similar, I think that it's another Limetown, and I think that she is being tested on. Gotcha. That is my current theory. Also, we just have to, I just want to, like, circle back to, like, that Oscar being burned and the people at the tech hearing it, uh, and just the interplay of the, of how the the dynamics of Limetown changed when people started getting the tech, that was so well done, um, because yeah. quite frankly, as soon as it was like, they can talk to each other without speaking, I was like, okay, cool. I guess yeah. there are certain sci-fi no, things where I'm just like, around. whatever. But when you start dealing, and again, that's like horror level shit, right? Like mm-hmm. that's some deep shit we're dealing with. Uh, and like, you know, hearing Oscar go away, like the, and, and it, putting in the context of the tones, um, which is something I want them to play more with. I don't know if they are, and we're just not noticing it, but I noticed it a few times on this subsequent listen, um, there are a few times when the survivors talk that there is a music cue. Oh, yeah. And the music is just a single synth tone for a long time. I have not gone back since I... Because I placed all the tones um, that Max plays on the piano, which, by the way, I will say... One sec. (laughs) Hi, babe. (laughs) Hey, can I call you back in, like, 20 minutes? Sorry, I'm recording with Will. 
I tried I know, I know you didn't. Will says hi. I also found your yeet note while we were recording, so that's on tape. <laughs> love you, babe. Right, love you. I call you right back. Yeah, so, uh, so I placed all the tones that Max uh, plays on the piano, and I got them all, by the way, in one go. I was very proud of myself. Nice. I just heard the first one. I was like, that's a B flat. And I was fucking right. And then I got all the others. Anyway. Podcast extreme. Um, yeah. Uh, background and music theory. Hey. Super cool. Um, <laughs> so I, I have not gone back since placing the tones to see if those pieces hit those tones. Um, I, w- I would I think, think it's, it's a little bit. That they use like a single synth. It's definitely going to be a little bit more involved than fucking Egg Babe in Adventure Zone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not likely. to dunk on Egg Babe. That was cute. Uh, I, Egg Babe was very good. I will say they are working. The, the sound design of this, and I keep saying the sound design is good, but just to, to touch on one particularly it's, shining it's like, moment, it's fairly unparalleled, I would say. The way like, the way the I would music. Say the only person. Go on. The only person in my eyes who comes close, um, and actually, well, okay, I'll say the one person who in my eyes does better than Limetown is is Misha Stanton. Oh yeah, Misha Stanton's um, a fucking god among producers. Yeah, literally, but otherwise, <laughs> I would say unparalleled. It almost feels unkind to use Misha as a reference because they're so fucking good. This is, but yeah, this I, is I would not... say otherwise unparalleled. I will say this is not a particularly complex example of good sound design that I'm using because it literally is a piece of sound design that was done in all of the Dark Knight, and because it was done in all of the Dark Knight, every pretentious piece of shit knows about it now. Uh, thanks, Hans Zimmer. Um, to do the Joker, the Joker's theme in the Dark Knight is just one violin note that rises. Yeah. Yeah. And it just and it's it's specifically there to make you feel uncomfortable as there's no there's mm-hmm. no relief to it. Uh in the boat story that Gene is telling, um mm-hmm. I had it cranked in the car cuz I listened to headphones while playing a video game and then I listened to it in the car today. For some reason in the car it was more obvious and I think it's because I have $20 headphones when I'm listening on headphones. Uh <laughs> when he starts telling the story, there is this low bass note that just gets louder. And I'm not, I don't want to sit here and be like, that's tech note, but it is layered underneath there. And it does cause a noticeable reaction in the listener, even if they're not like me and just looking at it and go, that's a thing I learned about from Batman. Uh, It's just, I see it's there. And since that's there, I know I get the indication that there's a lot of shit going on. That is not, yes. it's not as surface level as she has uncle who is at Limetown. Write that down for later. Like, this is a well put together show. You can see why it was sold for series. Like, yeah, absolutely. these guys are good writers. Now, I'm not going to go on a huge rant, but we have to touch. I want to touch on the fact the Limetown TV show is exclusive to Facebook Watch. My yes. my apologies to the Limetown team and everyone working on that. Uh, I have no beef with the production crew, the pe- the craft services people, uh, the lawyers involved with the show. I don't have a problem with fucking anybody. Jessica Biel, that's cool. Uh, my problem is a lot of times when upstart, when big companies who are upstarting a new division buy an IP that IP stays on the shelf. Um, 
remember how Gimlet said they were going to give Starly Kine the rights to the mystery show back because they didn't want it? <laughs> and here <laughs> we fucking are. <laughs> remember when Paul Feig made a really good sci-fi sitcom for that Yahoo streaming service that was basically just we bought community the streaming service? <laughs> Paul Feig still wants to make that show, but they but Yahoo mm-hmm. won't give him the rights. And now it's been so long that everyone who was on that show is off doing better paying work. So now Paul Feig can yeah. never make that show. There'll never be a season two. Um I want Limetown, the TV show, to succeed. I hope it's a situation Me where too. if Facebook Watch become is not profitable, Facebook Watch gives the company the IP rights and then they can fuck off to like hulu or whoever um or make a youtube original series that will that okay like that's almost as bad as facebook watch i'm i don't mean to strike up like a competition where there definitely is not one but i'm really pissed off that fucking homecoming got the crew and the platform that Limetown could have gotten. Are you fucking kidding that I could have had a Limetown from the creators of Mr. Robot? I would kill at least nine people for that. Like, that's that's my fucking dream right there. See, fucking it's not a, homecoming. That's got not it. that. I haven't. Wa- full disclosure, I haven't watched Homecoming yet. <laughs> I just didn't really like it. I, it. Let's be honest here. Like, that's not even that unfair of a comparison because here's the deal. When Homecoming, Limetown's when, when Alex Inc. came out, when Homecoming came out, when Limetown comes out, we're going to have all the fucking little think pieces from Boing Boing and Stumble Upon and what the fuck ever. Uh, <laughs> Is Stumble Upon still a thing? No, that, that was my joke that it's, an, <laughs> that was my joke that I'm outdated on pop culture shit. You're going to hear AV, Cl- you're going to see AV club clickbait horse yes. shit from people who don't actually listen to podcasts. They're like, podcasting turns to TV. <laughs> and it's going to be like. AV club does some good shit. AV, okay. Like, that, I don't want to, I don't want to totally dismiss AV the pro- club. I, I like a lot of their, their problem. podcasts. Problem. Like, a, there are a lot getting. of good websites that just have a lot of iffy. See my article called "Editors Stop Doing yeah. This." Yes. Um. Th- yes. There's all my thoughts on that. Good sites, not best people chosen to write the things. There's going to be stories that are like podcasting breaks into the TV scene. Um. And they're just going to be like Limetown is the example, and for all of its faults and for all of its pluses, it's always going to be on fucking Facebook Watch. And my final note on this watch thing is, I'm just going to say this, Star Trek is a very important part of my upbringing. It's my, it. I connected with my maternal grandmother with her love of Star Trek and the fact that she owned every original series movie on VHS. Uh, I, I grew up like learning about nerd culture through experiencing the next generation and stuff like that. Star Trek is an important part of my life. I haven't seen minute one of Star Trek Discovery because it is on a CBS streaming app that has fuck all else on it that I want to watch. And here's the deal. There is a free month or whatever, but I don't feel motivated to enjoy the part of my pop culture life in a way that feels like I'm cheating the system. Like I don't want to watch Star Trek all at once because i have to for free i want to watch star trek all at once because i'm excited to watch it and uh yeah guess what if it's a pod if there's limetown is an adaptation is a new mystery series adapted from a podcast that you haven't listened to yet guess what i'm not gonna sign up for with real money facebook watch (laughs) 
uh of course this do you have to pay money for facebook watch i uh that's the thing i don't know if they're gonna youtube it with yeah, ads I have no or, fucking uh, idea because like the second facebook watch became a thing and they're like watch the try guys i'm like whatever uh, no thanks i'm cool i'm embedded in you i hate yeah. google but i'm embedded in the youtube ecosystem and you like when the mo- I- i've watched five videos i just realized on facebook watch and all of them are those monster squad episodes that got put out on facebook <laughs> first right before monster squad got canceled it, okay it is free it is free okay so that's good at least i mean there'll be ads on it um, so i will watch it but like i won't that's not it's not ideal it's not ideal i i will also say um this is i am a huge cynic insofar as like my relationship with facebook is I logged out of it on Chrome, wiped my cookies, downloaded Firefox, which I don't use, downloaded the Firefox extension that makes sure Facebook doesn't let talk to any other website. Because that's one big thing Facebook does is they have little, they watch your Amazon history and every other fucking website you go on and then feed that to ad people. Uh, So basically, Facebook exists in a little box I built on my computer. They don't talk to anybody on Facebook. <laughs> so I have to open up a sep. I have a Facebook browser that is basically me running a virtual machine so that Facebook doesn't fucking talk to anything else. I've uninstalled it on my phone. Good. So I, they got the poor people at Limetown got picked up for series by one of the least trusted tech companies in the world right now. With- oh my God. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. Oh my God. <laughs> Oh, oh no! Oh, I can't yeah. wait. Oh, I can't no. wait for someone to rip every episode off of Facebook Watch, and it be thrown up on Vimeo or something. That said, yeah, I was a huge tangent. Sorry. Season two sounds really good. I know I've said some. Yes. I know I said some caustic sounds. Yeah, I feel stuff. like we've been kind of kind of harsh about it, but I think that we can both say that we're really excited. And so far, we're harsh because even with we my care. Tiny complaints. Exactly. Like I, I, am going to be nitpicky because Limetown is one of my favorite things ever, ever made. <laughs> um, but I, I am very, very excited about season two. I do hope. My one biggest hope is that they return to the model of having some form of character study. Yeah, I yeah, believe yeah. that that is where Limetown shines its best is when it's it's monologues. Um. But even with this, I'm still really enjoying it. Do you know why I don't go to the dentist? Like, that this episode felt like a season one episode it did, where yeah. it is a survivor. But now we're not limited to it being survivors, which is actually cooler to me. Because, like, season one, what the whole deal was like, what the fuck happened with Limetown? And what do you mean they're just yes, these... Ra- yeah. She's being led from person to person to person by like burner cell phones and shit. And that's the, that's the one thing I'm kind of like, eh, about is there's no magic. Hey, by the way, what the fuck is the deal with Terry Hilkins? Oh. T- exactly. Terry Hilkins is the reporter who gets her in touch with Winona in the first episode. Oh, we just dropped that one. And the, he comes back in, in episode two and then he's fucking gone. What's his deal? What does he know? Oh, I don't trust anything. There's a note about I this. I don't trust. Hang on. Oh, yeah. oh shit. There was a search uh, thing on the uh, uh, what we know of Limetown on the re- subreddit. And like you can click on Terry Hilkins. So I'm like, I got it. And it goes there. The page Terry Hilkins was not found on this subreddit. <laughs> oh, 
I'm a reporter for the Spartan Sentinel in Spartan, Tennessee. Yeah, no, I think my biggest questions for season two are, what's the deal with Terry Hilkins? Where the fuck is R.B. Villard? Is he just dead? Did they did they kill him? Because we don't know. Um, I want to know what happened to Max. I want to know what happened to Leah. I want to know how Leah is intertwined. Um, and I want to know about the other Lime Towns. We'll see. I'm real. I'm yeah. I'm really curious about where the season's gonna go. I want Charlie to have no redeeming arc whatsoever. Uh, and that's not me being snarky. That's me being dead serious. No, it's just interesting. That character yeah, is great. I'm with you. I don't want... She's really, really, really good. I don't want her to become some sort of Scarlet. By the way, she sounds like Scarlett Johansson. You can't fucking convince me otherwise. She... I don't want her to become some fucking Scarlett Johansson action movie bullshit where she's like, she's got a heart of gold. Uh, where she ends up saving Sylvia or Leah at some point. I would be okay with her saving those people if it was because it helped her save herself <laughs> yeah that's See, only, like that makes sense that's the only exception no I, yeah because i feel like she's the kind of character who's gonna do anything to save herself like the only reason that lenore didn't save herself is because she knew she was fucking done like she so she and so she lived it the fuck up god lenore is so good i just i need i need more moments to make me worried again because i'm not worried about anything right now um the fucking mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, that was fucking yeah. terrifying and i was listening to that at like 3 p.m while driving in the broad daylight like that was worrying uh i, I didn't like it it actually really annoyed me and i was like Shut see up. that's the thing i've been waiting for you to talk about that like what was it too <laughs> yeah did it run too I, long I just thought or it what was so i just thought it was so easy it's such like an easy way to force a scare when it comes to jump scares and things that are like on the nose spooky i i i'm such a horror pretentious asshole that if there's a thing that is supposed to scare me in a way that is like a flight or fight response i'm just like "Eh." see you know i it's just not my it was such a good moment for me because it built a theory in my head that no offense to the people of limetown was a better story than mine so when when the guy beats his head on the door um, and then runs mm-hmm. away into the darkness. I was like, oh, Limetown. S- Oscar or someone at Limetown basically transcended and can now control people with his mind. And he's just going to possess random people around Leah and fuck with her. And I'm like, I don't think that that's necessarily off. The it's table. not off the table, but at, I don't think in that is. moment, that's why that was spooky to me. It wasn't just like he knows her name. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I need I need more the boat scenes. I need I need the yes. don't try running. Um, yeah. Could do same. with less ending with gunshots and loud music shit. Yeah. Because uh, that is that is I guess one of my other my other nitpicky complaints for Limetown is well actually you know I was gonna say that they do they do loud not great but they do things that sound loud without being loud yeah very very well I would say they do except for but like I'm just not I'm just not a fan of like big loud is scary. You know? Yeah, I need like when when Max dies or doesn't whatever. When that gun that was uh, when that gunshot goes off, the, I need the phone to stay on for another second, maybe half a second. 
Because yeah. it sounded like the gunshot ended the phone call and that ended the episode, and that felt unfulfilled. <laughs> it felt <laughs> maybe, jump. Maybe, Gavin, maybe the gun the shot. Gun the gun was phone. the phone. <laughs> the. <laughs> It felt unfulfilling narratively, and it was a it was a jump scare that I didn't really didn't really jive with me. Um, same yeah. thing with the uh, the second tape in season two. Like it was just loud and blah, and I it, like it just I don't know. There's not a lot of jump scares in Limetown, but there are a few that aren't necessarily even startling. It's just like that's loud and in my ear. Thanks. Yes, Which is, I guess yeah. it's because I'm spoiled by the fact that the sound design is so fucking rich that I'm not expecting yeah. it. Like, it, it, there's a sense of um, trust established. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Gavin, what do you, what else do you hope that we hear in season two? Um, well, regular upload schedule for fucking one. That would be cool. Yes. I hope that there isn't much tie-in to the show. Uh, it mm-hmm. would be cool if... Well, I think that the show is going to be... It's season going one. to be season yeah. one. Right. Um, I hope there's some cool tie-in stuff with the novel. Some some egg, some Easter egg stuff, some breadcrumb shit, because like... And, and it sounds... it's it sounds it sounds, it sounds <laughs> already plenty. It does sound effective <laughs> because we've already, like, in this conversation, have stumbled on it a lot. Because, quite frankly, without having read the novel, I don't give a flying fuck about a meal. Uh, There's no reason for you to. He worry... Because from my no-book perspective, he worries me in that we're looking at an X-Men situation where there's all these people with a special ability and they're being studied by the government. Mm-hmm. Uh, that can be done well. And Limetown does have a really good track record of doing stuff well. It's just I get mm-hmm. I get worried about things really easily, as evidenced by my 10-minute mm-hmm. rant about Facebook. Uh, <laughs> I look forward to really good storytelling. I, I just want more stories. I want more character studies, like you said. Because, like, yes, Napoleon, yeah. the episode's about a fucking pig. Ugh. It's not important. I cared so much about that pig. Him? Like, him selling, uh, they do such a, such a fucking him good job. bootlegging blood is not important, except to say no, not at all. And uh, someone out there, but it's perfect. someone on the subreddit just went, it's totally important. Uh, but it's perfect. It's this wonderful little detail. It's perfect. Yeah. Speaking of, I want more. I as long as they keep the details up, because I talked to you about this on chat. Uh, but the thing mm-hmm. that sold me on Line Town is in Napoleon, and it's when the Reverend offers leah a drink and she says no thanks i still have fucking theories about this. and when he offers oh the drink gives her the power uh when he offers her the drink i think it has the supplement in it i don't actually i don't think it does but like i want to believe but i don't think it does but every single survivor offers her something to eat or drink okay i'll die on this hill like i'll die on the hill for the movie theater that doesn't mean anything he offers her a drink and <laughs> In the mix is the sound of a shirt rubbing. And that little detail, that one specific detail, it is in the mix enough that I heard it in a uh, a cargo van that had no cargo in it so the back was really echoey and the, the, and the engine's 300,000 miles old and it hums and it's just a real shit audio experience and I heard that fucking shirt rub and it was so nicely in the mix. That detail it's says so a good. lot because if you sat someone down, like if, I, if you told me have someone pour a drink and I had to sound design in like an hour, 
you know, fucking mm-hmm. I would pour some water and there would uh, maybe put a little carbonated sound effect in there. You know, I just go crack a can of sparkling soda or whatever the fuck and pour one and that'll be it. Right. Um, they thought through the movement in the room that his shirt would rub and he would and he's offering an empty glass. There's no sound of an empty glass. So they went with the sound of him offering it. And then he does pour something into mm-hmm. it and he sets it down on the table that's mm-hmm. the level of care and quality that is being put into this show and i am 1000 yeah. percent here for that now there are people out there who are making audio dramas on no budget and using free sounds and are making really good stuff because of that i don't want this to sound like mm-hmm. me saying i'm surrounded by amateurs and limetown's here to save me no it's just limetown is a re- has some really good fucking moments in it that people should be looking yeah. to yeah, absolutely. I I think that the thing with two up, because I can say the same for uh, 36 questions, is that they everything about it is meticulous. And I think that it could be argued that Limetown is overwritten or overproduced. But I, I think that what it is, is it, I think that they just really genuinely care about every single choice being made, which is one of the reasons why, like, even if there weren't these questions about the novel and about a series being made, like, even if there were just this many years between seasons one and two, I still would have been happy waiting because I trust that they're taking that time to to give that care to every single choice. Mm-hmm. And I, I have faith that they will continue to do so. Gavin, did you listen to 36 questions? No. I would highly recommend it. Um, it's it's very good. But that is a different, <laughs> that's a different, <laughs> that's a different conversation. Um, it's just really fucking good. I, I just, uh, Two Up is, is, I think, doing some of the best work in audio drama um, outside of, outside of Whisper Forge. Um, I think, I think they're phenomenal and I think that they're going to continue being forerunners in this medium. And with that, I think that'll wrap up our spoilery dive into Limetown season two. Yeah. We, we talked for a little bit less than yeah, I, no, was I was expecting, was... <laughs> only because I know myself and I was like, are we going to go for three hours Yeah, and no, I was waiting for a solid 90 minute uh, On the James Oliva scale. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Gavin, thank you for talking about Thank you for putting up with my sick sounding voice for an hour and 11 minutes before the edit. And thank you, listener, for putting up with waiting for stuff. Uh, We were, we (laughs) flew too close. I flew too close to the viral sun in thinking that we could get a tuned in, dialed up, and a spoilers (laughs) and hoi done at once. So, uh, you know, next time around, it'll be tuned in, dialed up. Uh, Unless, like, fucking Bright Session Season 3 drops or some shit. Uh, Jesus, <laughs> don't do that to us, Lauren. Shipping you, you magnificent please, person. Please do that to us, Lauren. Please nah, <laughs> man, she's way too busy with like television and yeah, das fear <laughs> and books. Yeah, we're gonna have to start doing a fucking supercut <laughs> okay. of when you let accents and or voices slip. Did I do one? Das fear. Oh God. <laughs> 
problem is that my it just it, ha- it just happens. It just happens. I don't even register it. Oh God. Uh, shut up. Okay, phone. listener. This has been spoilers. Ahoy, Gavin. Where can people find the pod? Wait, where can people find you on? People can find socials? me on. I almost said Wikipedia. In all honesty, I almost fucking said Wikipedia. <laughs> People can find me on Twitter at the Pod Report T H E P O D R E P O R T. I'm going to be uh, self promoting some stuff later this week because I might be, I I might have sound design on the brain because of a thing I'm doing that is maybe relevant to a certain Sunday hashtag uh, at the Pod Report. Uh, if you want to read stuff that I've written, including that article I mentioned about uh, asking editors to please fucking stop assigning people who don't listen to podcast to podcast stories thepodreport.com dot wordpress.com i'm not made of money uh if you want to listen to the show tuned in or dialed up podcast at wordpress.com is our website at tuned in dialed up is our twitter account will where can people find you people can find me on twitter at, at will w writes that's w i l w underscore writes you can find me at will williams dot reviews that's will with one l um you can find me on um, Discover Pods and the Podcast Host and uh, some other places, but you can find all of those places on my Ooh. site. Um, yeah, thank you, listener. This has been fun. Talking about Limetown is my favorite. And we activity. don't have an outro, <laughs> so we're just kind of fumbling around a bit. Bye, everybody. Wee. Bye. And this is the part where I keep talking after I said I've stopped recording for funny shit. Hey. Ahoy there, the credit pirate is me, says I, and it's time to end the episode. Today's introduction sailor was the wonderful David Reinstrom. The introduction music was Parisian by Kevin McLeod, as well as One-Eyed Maestro for my segment by the same person, licensed under Creative Commons. My girlfriend is holding her hand over my eye like an eye patch right now. It's... It's quite distracting. <laughs> Character development. Ah, fuck it. RSS feed burner. Bye, everybody. Mm.